This is the intro song for my asshole brain. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to my asshole brain. Episode Techn- 20. Yeah, technically 20 because we've had some two-parters and this will probably be another. We started off thinking we were going to talk about toxic masculinity and realized that you can't really talk about masculinity without talking about gender in general. So it got bigger and bigger. So this one's probably going to be a long and wow. All right. Big and long. Before we get started, though, I guess we've forgotten to acknowledge some people. Oh, yes. I'm supposed to make a specific shout out to a semi-friend. Her name is Jessica (laughs) for listening continuously. Is she a semi-friend because she's uh, not necessarily a full friend or because she's apparently a cat mom now? So she's only semi-friend because she's half human of cats? A little bit of both. (laughs) Um, So thank you to my cat mom friend jesse for listening to our podcast and consistently messaging me to tell me and comment about things i've said and then yelling at me because i don't remember saying that specific thing 10 podcasts ago yeah well i mean when we talk a lot which we do you do tend to lose track of what you've said i am here when i record them you smart ass yeah i remember a little bit more only because i edit them you also edit them yeah but even then, there's only so much I my brain just, can contain. Yeah, I also just told her I black out a lot and don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So just... thank you. <laughs> and also another shout out to the other people that have listened consistently and that give feedback. Yes, I'd like to thank... New and old. My uh, oldest friend, Mindy, who is a consistent listener, who also shares the uh, link when I share it. And then yeah. um, her good friend, Ben, who also listens and shares... So we appreciate that. Um, although my stepmother also shared a link and endorsed us, but um, told me I could just give her a check, just mail her a check for that. So <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. soon as we get our first check, we'll be sure to divvy that out That's to right, our loyal as, listeners. As soon as, I, as soon as I get paid yeah. for this, I will give you a cut for helping support me. How about right. that? And there's also the chance that some of my current students might be listening at this point because I made the mistake of mentioning in (laughs) class that I have a podcast. And while I've done that a couple times in the past, sort of as an offhanded reference to the fact that I've talked about certain issues like, oh, this issue comes up in class, and I'll be like, oh, I researched this for an episode of my podcast, and did you know blah, blah, blah. So I knew we were going to be talking about gender, and something had come up about gender in the class, and I was talking about some stuff that I had learned, and when I mentioned that it was for the podcast, several people perked up, and I found out that one of my students already knew I had one, and has even already listened to an episode and made her mom listen to one. So I'm like, I was... On one hand, (laughs) you should be happy that that means your students are actively listening to you and hearing things you're saying. Uh, she actually found out about it because um, one of her other teachers is Doug, who okay. did our who designed our, our logo and yes. yeah, and did all that stuff. So they saw a couple of them and heard about it too, but didn't know it was me. Ah. They said that they had seen the logo for the podcast on his Instagram, okay. and um, only the one student had made the connection to it being me because she investigated further and saw my name. Um, the others had seen it but didn't really know anything about it and didn't know right. it was me. So as soon as I said that, they were like, oh, I saw Doug. Did <laughs> now we get it. Right. And so 
Uh, I think it's great, uh, though I feel like it might be crossing the boundary between personal and professional because I reveal a lot of things in here that I normally wouldn't reveal to students. But uh, I don't think I've done or said anything that could get me fired. <laughs> well, you don't reveal them in the classroom. No, but if they're listening, well, that's true, though. Like, I don't know if I could be held accountable for something I say on a private podcast. I wouldn't think so. If nothing else, I say far more objectionable things. Focus on me, the person you, you don't know. Here's the thing. At will, they can fire they don't even have to have an excuse. If they hear something and they don't like it, they could come right. up with some other bullshit excuse. That's true. And really fire me just because they don't like that. And y'all don't know where I work, so ha! suck it. Yeah. Not really. Sorry, that was aggressive. <laughs> you don't really need to suck it. It's <laughs> fine. Metaphorically. So to any new listeners. Steve read off a list of international yes, two, downloads we've had, to which our is really Romani exciting. Romanian and Filipinian, <laughs> Filipin Filipino, there we go. So to all of our fans in the United States, Australia, the United Kingdom, Mexico, New Zealand, the Philippines, and Romania. Thanks. Uh, whoever's in Australia and New Zealand, contact us, because I'd really like to come see your countries, <laughs> and it's expensive to fly there. So are you saying that, that you also want them to pay for you to visit? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's the least you can do. Just wanted to make that clear. Now the question is, are these repeat listeners or did they download it once? They listened to it once and they're like, nope. Yep. So no, no, and ran. Yeah. This, so this is. Not for us, mate. These, these spanks that we're saying are not actually going to be heard by those people because they listened to it once and decided, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need another. <laughs> Like, yeah, that was cool. That's fine. One's good. Yeah. One's done. Yeah. Regardless, you if you only ever listen to one, we appreciate that, too. I mean, that's still something. Beggars can't be choosers. We'll take what we can get. I'm just excited anybody wants to listen to me talk for an extended period of time. I'm consistently amazed that people actually like it. And the uh, people, people keep telling me, like, I like listening to your voice. Like, ugh. I've, I've not been told that. <laughs> I've been told. Oh, wait. No. I've been told people like listening to your voice. I've not been told anybody <laughs> Mine. It's strange because I hate my voice. Why would you want to listen to my I don't know. I someone I, told me they I would listen to a pleasant voice. Someone told me they would listen to me read the back of a cereal box and I was like, that's fucking creepy. That's the kind of stuff I say about hot celebrities. Oh my god, people think I'm a hot celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> At least your voice. I don't know. <laughs> Sexualized. It's true. Your I am voice. this is sort of like radio, so I guess that tells you what my face is. Yeah, I used to listen wah, to Elvis Duran all the time. Yeah, she's got a face for radio. Uh, I used to listen to Elvis Duran a lot and uh, until one of my favorite people left, and then I just kind of lost interest. But um, still, I enjoy him, and he would th joke about the fact that um, he would encourage people not to go look him up. <laughs> don't, no, it's fine. You don't have to. So, so he, to, he would talk to new listeners, and they would talk about how much they loved the show, and they'd be like, so have you looked us up yet? No, no, I haven't. He'd be like, that's okay. Don't. Okay. Don't do that. Of course, they have several, you know, uh, attractive people who are on there, but he was like, no, it's fine. Yeah. You don't need to go look that's that the thing. up. It's like, there's something nice about the mystery. Right. Although well, that's I, the thing, though. When you hear people that are on the radio, there's not really mystery because you just assume they're on radio because they shouldn't be on TV. <laughs> so there really isn't mystery because you're like, nah, but, they're probably gross. But the, the thing with that assumption is that means if they have low standards like or low expectations, yeah. then when they see you, they could be pleasantly surprised. That's true. So I'm okay with that. I do thrive on low expectations myself, so... <laughs> you got to make it work for right. you, right? And I will say one of my favorite former DJs was super freaking hot. 
I mean, I don't know if he could have told by his voice, but, you know, it was one of those, like, you know, yeah, people on the radio are ugly. No, he was super hot. Who was it? Boomer that was on the X. You know, I don't know what he looked like. Like a... In his olden days with a big Jew fro. (laughs) I can say that because he's Jewish. Like, that wasn't like... But, I mean, big curly mane of hair. I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. Uh, If you do... do, Hi, sir. I just did. I I always thought you were attractive. But I think you knew that. I I decided to look this up. So I just typed in Boomer from the X Dayton. Didn't put anything about DJ or radio, right? Okay, well, apparently they're Boomer Fest. It's an event for boomers. Isn't that exciting? Oh, dear. (laughs) Is it something where they get together and complain about (laughs) millennials? Probably. That seems very likely. Oh, okay, anyway. Oh, but then this is less fun because it says suicide prevention experts put new focus on boomers. So that's kind of depressing. I was just making fun of them. And now... Well, I mean, to be yeah. fair, some of them are awful. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, to be fair, they're getting old. And getting old is awful. Yeah, but we also discussed in that episode it doesn't always have to be. Like, there are things you can do to improve... Like die earlier. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Not get old. <laughs> Problem solved. Life hack. <laughs> All right. I'm going to stop yeah, trying to say... pull up pictures of Boomer. I'll find it later. All right. That'll be the focus for later. Yeah. I'm getting distracted. But we'll just have to cut all that shit out. Nobody wants to listen <laughs> right. to that nonsense. A long ramble of two rambly people. Yeah. There's a... Uh, I can't tell you, though, in the in the editing how many times we've just kind of gone off on weird little tangents, and I have to sit there and decide how entertaining they are. <laughs> is this worth it to be in yeah. there, even though it's a complete tangent, or is this just too... Right. Too tangent is this Is this going to be an amusing distraction from the main topic, or is it going to annoy people? Like, I wish, in retrospect, I had really cut out my long discussion of um, shopping for <laughs> towels at DJ Maxx. Like, I went back and listened to it, and I'm like, why did I go on for so long about this? I don't know. I should have reined that shit in. But, oh, well. You know, sometimes I drink when we record. But it's your sometimes podcast. Sometimes I'm tired. Right. It's yours. You can do whatever yeah, the fuck you want. It's something that I, you know, teach about. You have, you have to have audience awareness, and I gotta be aware of the fact that not everybody wants to listen. To we don't know. Maybe all of our audience is drinking heavily while they listen, <laughs> or maybe they didn't know that you could get great price towels at TJ Maxx, See? and I just made their lives a lot right. Better. You could have saved mm-hmm. our listeners money. There you go. Ooh, that means we can also label our podcasts as a like a finance podcast if we've saved. Yeah. We could, there we go, we just start tagging. We can branch out. All right, so we've been babbling for uh, about 10 minutes now. See, we're halfway done. (laughs) Maybe we should take the transcripts, rebrand it into a totally new show, and do it all over again, edited, you know, revamped from the first show. But with a different name that we can get on iTunes. Apparently, there's a turd in a pump hole right there. All right. (laughs) The look on her, like... What? I'm like, so we'd have to start all over. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm like, let's not do that. That sounds like a lot. Well, yeah, because we have such a huge following. God knows. What would we do if we had to start all over? I mean. We, we have ones of. <laughs> it's it's we, have, we have singulars of listeners. I don't even know if it's up to 
than tens, right? Like, no means are tens yet. Do we have more than... So if, if we have 20, does that count as tens? Yeah. So as long as... We, we have tens of followers. <laughs> <laughs> we have significantly less than 100 followers. Oh, all right. Well... <laughs> We have multiples of one. We have more than one follower. (laughs) I think our Instagram has like 90. Oh, well, there you go. That is tens. Tens and is that, that could could be dozens. That could even be dozens. My God, we have dozens. (laughs) Oh, I can't handle the pressure. But that doesn't necessarily mean they listen. Because it could be people who like the podcast but don't actually listen to the show. very true. Or just want to be. Oh, Steve doesn't even listen to it. So <laughs> my own husband. We have a hundred followers, even. <gasps> Yay! We're centurions. We should have a, a like a celebration party. <laughs> Our hundredth listener party. We should. Oh, we should see who the hundredth follower was and like send them a a button. A button. There you go. I would have to have Doug make more though, because we only have like one of each style and. Or just like. An autograph okay. copy. I'm gonna say a kindly <laughs> picture. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we could take a picture of ourselves and autograph it. Oh, I could do the one that we did at the the um, escape room. Yeah. Which is really unflattering of both of us. So that would and really close. Yeah. So like it's really close of our faces. So that could be fun. All from, right. From our assholes to yours. <laughs> Thank you for. So listening. are you suggesting we take pictures of our assholes? No. I mean, no one would know they were ours. We'll have a contest to see if people could guess who's is who's. That could work. It would be, hey, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Okay? I don't know. We would get a whole bunch of extra listeners. And the winners get? A lifetime of shame and nightmares. Oh, no. I don't know, an asshole of their choosing. Which one would you prefer? I, that might not work. Maybe, that's, maybe that makes it too weird. Oh, I think we should stop now. <laughs> Let's just change this. Okay, so. Alright, so we are taking on a, a, a pretty uh, complicated topic, which is what we seem to have done the past couple of times. But this one I'm hoping... Our next one's going to be on vaudeville and mimes. <laughs> <laughs> Take it down a level. <laughs> is, it, is it just going to be silent because it's more oh, than a host and it's mimes? <laughs> my, my insinuation there was that it would be funnier, but yeah, that actually yeah. just kind of made it sound like it would be very quiet. <laughs> oh, there was okay. something wrong with your last recording. I couldn't hear anything. Good, it went the way we planned. <laughs> it's very artistic. All right. So, um... Performance piece. <laughs> It's a mimed performance, <laughs> which works really well for us. And see, I'm laughing because she was miming and you guys can't see it. And it's just doesn't See, they, they have to use their imagination. Imagine Stephanie being in a box. <laughs> and talking into a microphone, but it probably looked like something else. <laughs> I hope you save the things you cut out because someday we may have to just make a whole. We, we do. Have, we have all the originals. Yeah, we okay, have yeah. the unedited original and then the edited that for release. So yeah, here's four hours of outtakes from our podcast recordings of inappropriate. Enjoy. 
Okay, so I guess we should actually get on track now. Patriarchy. Toxic masculinity. Patriarchy. I said that one. Damn it. Yeah. So, as I said uh, before we started thanking those uh, of our friends who we did not wish to ignore. um, We did, but they kept making us not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, I had said something to Minnie. I was like, I feel really bad. I forgot to say something. You wash your mind. She was like, oh, it's fine. Because that's just how Mindy is. She just doesn't care. (laughs) That's fine. So, she actually didn't pester me. She would have probably been quite happy even if I hadn't, but... Um, that's not how, I'm gonna do it anyway. that's not how Jesse is as a person so <laughs> it would have been held over my head forever yeah so they're kind of polar opposites yeah very much so all right so as I said before we thought we kind of wanted for some time now to talk about the concept of toxic masculinity and we've referenced it in previous conversations and just talked about the fact that it's frequently misunderstood because people interpret it as, oh, so anything masculine is toxic, meaning men are bad. Which and, I agree, but that's not actually what toxic masculinity is going so for. So you shouldn't say things like that because <laughs> people who don't know you are going to think that you actually mean them. But I do. Do you? I don't. <laughs> Men are fine. People are great. Woohoo! Actually, people are terrible regardless of gender. Can we just agree that's actually that? true. I really don't care what gender you are. I'm yeah. more concerned about whether or not you're a heinous prick. Yeah. Yeah. We don't hate you because you're gender. We hate because you're an asshole. Yeah. There you go. So, um, your gender, it's your personhood. That's right. <laughs> it's your ex- mere existence. And the thing that is often misunderstood, like I said, is people assume that I think because a lot of. Um, misandrists, let's face it, uh, many of whom claim to be feminist, uh, have used it as an excuse to sort of figuratively bash men over the head for anything that's considered traditionally masculine or male. Um, And it has definitely been turned into a very common scapegoat. I even read something earlier that talked about all the things toxic masculinity has been blamed for recently and it said it and it had links to articles which I didn't go into each of them but it said among those things besides like school shootings and domestic violence it also and said rape culture. Toxic masculinity had also been blamed for Brexit <laughs> and the election of Donald Trump. Those were both two things that People have said toxic masculinity is the reason that those things happen. So I was more curious about the Brexit one, honestly. I'll I have can, to go back to that. I one. can see the Trump thing, though. I'm going to say the Trump thing made sense with the Brexit. I was like, okay, yeah. well, I have questions. Because, I mean, he definitely embraced the idea of, like, that you can, that you don't have to be politically correct, right. that you don't have to... Uh, necessarily always be appropriate around women and you're not evil for it. You can grab them by their feline animals and it's fine. It's just boys being boys. It's just standard locker room talk. And so people... Which makes locker room sound terrifying. Yeah. There's yet another reason why I didn't want to play sports. Right. No thanks. Yeah, so that... I I can see why people would would say that there's a connection there. Absolutely. I don't quite get the... the Yeah, I have to read on that one because I was like... Yeah. Curious about that one. But what you told me before we started recording that I thought was really interesting. This is a phrase that was not coined by a bunch of man-hating feminists who want to blame men for everything. It was actually coined by men. Yes. It came out of, let's see if I can pull it back up real quick. Um, the mythopoetic men's movement of the 80s and 90s, which this article says was actually in part a reaction to second wave feminism. Okay. Um, so it was kind of a a counter 
to second wave feminism and it kind of said that a lot of where that came from was more talking about the reason that masculine toxic masculinity was a thing was because society was not allowing men to embrace their manhood kind of thing so Mm -hmm. it wasn't so much it was basically society is repressing them and keeping them from meeting their true manliness so there was a lot of things about having workshops and going out into the woods and having like drum circles talking about the innate power that is man or something which actually honestly all by itself sounds super fucking toxic i so it's it's entertaining self-help inspired by the work of robert Bly, robert johnson and joseph campbell among other union authors the joseph campbell one's fascinating because i didn't realize joseph campbell was apparently a prick ideas derived from union archetypes from which the use of myths and fairy tales taken from various cultures served as ways to interpret challenges facing men in society I remember seeing sitcoms toying with the idea of men getting back in touch with their manliness through like drum circles and stuff yeah. like that. So that I, I remember that yeah. kind of movement, the idea that that modern civilization was not allowing men to kind of be the way they sh- yeah. their primal selves were right. meant to be because they didn't have to hunt, right? Yeah. So they didn't have to they didn't have the opportunity to partake in things that were considered traditionally yeah. masculine manly. things and manly Which is things. funny because part of what we complain about or what is complained about with toxic masculinity is the fact that it does reinforce those standards of men are supposed to be tough and men are supposed to be this one way and they're not supposed to be emotional or fragile or anything and i feel like the where that term originally came from was a bunch of men saying but no those are our traits and those are the things and we aren't our masculinity is only toxic when you don't allow us to embrace those sides of ourselves so it's it's definitely having read that mate was very and i looked that up because as i said to you earlier I was curious where that term came from because it's been around for, you know, almost 30 years apparently, but it was one of those things I'm like, I really only ever started hearing it the last probably five, six years where it's been like, if I read a article and it does not have the phrase toxic masculinity in it somewhere, I'm amazed. Like it's very much a term of the time. I can't think of the way to word that, but it's just, everything's toxic masculinity. It's a, it's, it's like a a buzz topic yeah or a buzz phrase yeah where right now like everybody wants to talk about it and yeah like i said a lot of uh a lot of women are using it kind of as a means to like batter men over the heads with it when i don't think that's how it should be used i think that we need to examine why masculinity can be harmful and not just the ways in which it can be harmful to women but also the many ways it can be harmful to men and especially which is something we touched on a little bit with the changing dynamics of society when we were talking about uh, being single and how in the past that a lot of times men have struggled with being single because women have often handled like the socialization part of things like they're the ones that are socializing they're the ones that make plans uh, and maintain friendships and when men get into relationships they're they kind of let the the women take charge of that and don't have their own relationships outside of the yeah. marriage and so that can be difficult but so there's definitely I think what we're seeing is that a lot of men don't really know where they fit anymore and so they are being told to an extent that you don't have to fit these old ideals of what a man is which involves stuff like uh, I pulled up a, a quote from one of my sources and the thing that this is the point that 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 I think we need to make because we're going to be talking about gender in general is that 
while the men that you were talking about were claiming that these things were an innate part of being male, yeah. now people are saying all of this is socialized. Like, these are social... That's why people talk about gender being a social construct. Right. And, like, there's a difference between your physical sex and your gender. And yeah. gender, what we define as gender, have been things that we've created over time. They're definitions that we made up. Well, and, I mean, and, it all plays into the stuff like... Not that long ago, heard someone tell their little kid, well, you can't play with that. That's a boy's toy. Right. And I was like, dude, unless the toy is operated with a penis, then there, like, there is no... So, yeah, we've built into this thing. Boys like blue, and boys play baseball, and like little trucks, and mm-hmm. girls like dolls. Like, we've made everything very... We like our binaries. Yeah, we do. Because things are easily defined, and that's... And we love definitions because if we can understand something and define something and predict something, it makes us feel safer. But as we move along, we're discovering that not everything fits into those neat little things. And I think all of us grew up liking things that weren't specific to our gender. That's why you had girls who were called tomboys because they didn't want to wear dresses or makeup and they wanted to play sports instead of with with dolls. And my bar- my Barbie dolls played with my Aliens movie action figures, so like they went on dates with xenomorphs. That's some pretty is, kinky. Yeah, I'm gonna say which I guess in hindsight is actually kind of creepy. It's but a little, you know, a like bestiality yeah. going on. Yeah, fine. action figures and Barbies, which I guess yeah. you could argue Barbies are action figures. That's conversation for a whole different time. Well, I remember that my son wanted because uh, when his sister had Barbies, he wanted. Uh, like a boy Barbie. Yeah. yeah, and I actually had a he had a girl Barbie too, and he kind of played with her a little bit because yeah. when he was really little. But it, when he was also little, one a friend of mine babysat him, and she had a little girl, so there were lots of obviously like girl stuff. Yeah, the girl stuff tends to be more colorful and sparkly, so it makes sense that a two year old is going to be attracted to the stuff that is more brightly colored. Yeah, and is shinier. Yeah. Than the stuff that's well, like a lot of it's camo. More, yeah, and a lot <laughs> of it's like you know, like Barbie dolls have long hair that you can brush and you can do stuff like. Some Plus, of it's, it's silky. Some, yeah, some of texture. it's more inter- interactive than just yeah. like a GI Joe doll whose arms move. And why like, shouldn't a boy? If if girls are expected to pra- play with dolls to practice being moms, why shouldn't boys pra- play with dolls to practice being right. dads? Like, there's nothing. Yeah, there's wrong with that. There's a thing I saw forever ago and was talking about. You know, it was like a meme kind of thing, and it was someone basically giving so much shit that their son was playing with a baby doll. And they're like, what do you want him to grow up into, like, a, a pussy or a pansy or something? Or, like, or no, like a, a nurturing dad? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you have all of these expectations for what people are going to grow up into and be. But then you, the things that would, in theory, be building blocks to those outcomes, you have a problem with. Like, yeah, yeah you shame make those sense. behaviors. But, yeah. And that's, and that's one of the people things. People are confusing. That's basically, we just... We are. Every podcast could just be that. People confused. That's right. Because we have expectations of, of behaviors, but as you said, we, we don't support the things that people need to do to achieve those goals or become those types of people. Right. So masculinity, and, and this is stuff that I think most people would agree with or understand anyway, but in our culture, it's, it's considered to be associated with toughness, stoicism, heterosexism, Self-sufficient attitudes and lack of emotional sensitivity. So you're sub- not you're not supposed to exhibit physical or emotional weakness. Uh, you're supposed to withhold any emotion. Yeah. Um, you are supposed to be straight. Let's face it. Like m- m- people are a lot 
more accepting of gay women than they are of gay men because there's this belief that if you're a gay man, you're more feminine right. and femininity is weakness. Yeah, I'm going to say femininity is, let's be honest, in a large part of culture, society, femininity is bad. It's Right, because that's why they say, oh, you throw like a girl. Yeah. It's an insult to tell yeah. a boy that they're doing something like a girl. Yeah, that makes you wimpy or a pussy. Right. And I'm sorry I keep saying pussy, but let's be honest. It's how a lot of people describe... But the fact that we're you that it's considered an insult it's an to insult. be called yeah. a, the female part of the yeah, body. Yeah, which is, you know... And, and so femininity, then, is usually associated with gentleness, empathy, sensitivity, caring, sweetness, compassion, tolerance. Sugar and spice and everything nice. Yes. Nurturance, deference. Um, and, uh, of course, femininity is also frequently linked with sexual objectification and sexual appeal. Um, sexual passiveness is considered feminine, while sexual assertiveness is considered masculine. Yeah. And, and then the nice, you know, and then that's where you come up with the stuff like women that are in business roles, that are executives and things are, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not, they don't defer to other people. They're bitches. Right. And women that are sexually assertive, that own their sexuality are whores and yeah. sluts. Yeah. Whereas men who are sexually assertive and have sex more often are considered Swabs players right like they're they're yeah. admired rather yeah. than um and it's to be expected that they would you know rule well in business because that's you know that's what men do right yeah they assert domination yeah uh, which is another quote that come up came up this one's actually from i think an article so i wrote a sample paper for one of my <coughs> classes years ago and i talked about feminism and how we needed to do a better job of representing it and I was having this conversation with Steve in the car about the what we'd been discussing at school the other day what had come up in one of my classes in regards to feminism and I said something about being a feminist and my youngest in the back seat said you're a feminist and I said of course I am I believe in in gender equality and I said aren't you feminist he goes no I said why not he's like well I thought Feminists were people who, like, hated men. Ah. Right? And I was like, no. And so I, I talked to him a little bit. But that just tells you that's the message that he's seeing and hearing. Yeah. Think about how many celebrity women in the last <clears throat> 10, 15, 20 years, I mean, hell, always, have said things about, no, I don't consider myself a feminist because I don't think men are less. Or I don't think, like, very, you know, because there has been, unfortunately enough people that have said negative things about feminists and are in a position to say those things and be listened to. Yep. That is the narrative that is being told. Yeah, like the Rush Limbaugh's of the world that say, you know, like, oh, well, all feminists are witches and dykes and hags and they all hate men. Like, no, not all feminists are raging lesbians that would cut a penis off in a moment's life. And to be honest, if feminism is about equality and there's a woman who claims to be a, a feminist who thinks that men are lesser, she's not a feminist. Yeah. She's a misandrist. Or she is. She's just a really bad one. I you, right, I disagree. Yeah, because yeah. if you're if if you believe in gender equality, if that's what feminism is, it's about if it's about gender equality, then claiming that women are better than men yeah. is not a feminist ideal. Yeah. Uh, and the reason this conversation came up is because I had a male student talking about how impressed he was with Emma Watson's speech at the United Nations for the um, the is it he he for she speech 
where she talks about gender equality and she focuses on how damaging traditional rules are for men and boys and that we need to focus on equality because it improves everyone's lives yeah and so this was a male student who was talking about about how he was moved by that and he has family who works uh, to try to prevent sex trafficking like they have an organization and that's something that they work to do he talks about something that's very troubling which is that we have this belief that only girls and women are being trafficked and so they're the ones we tend to have the conversations with about how to look out for things and protect themselves and take precautions we're not having those same conversations with boys where they're being trafficked as well yeah but because we're not raising them to think that they could potentially be victims yeah they're actually easier well yeah because because that nobody, you know, yeah. If you don't teach somebody about a thing being a concern or a problem, then it's not something they are going to recognize. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, that is something that I think we need to continue to, to emphasize yeah. as anyone who considers themselves a feminist. I think that's something that we, a message we need to continue to get out there because there are a lot of people who want to undermine the feminist movement by painting it as something that it's not. And so if you paint everyone who's feminist as being man-hating, somebody who hates kids, who yeah. doesn't believe in staying at home with your children, who only is who's aggressive and only wants to, you know, climb the corporate ladder and is greedy yeah. and then then you're doing a disservice. Right. To and by and large the whole point of feminism in the grand scheme of things is that everybody should have access to the same things and everybody should have the same choices. Right. And, and ability to make yeah, yeah. make those. If you want to stay home with your kids, that's your choice. Awesome. Do it. If you don't want to, awesome. That's fine. Like the point yeah. is is nobody wants you to be stuck where you don't have an option. Right. You birth the child, you're gonna stay at home and you're gonna keep having kids and you're just gonna stay in the kitchen. You don't have any other choice. No, that's not what we're going for. If your husband wants to stay home and be the stay at home parent and that works for you, awesome. Do it. Like, that's the whole thing. And, you know, it's and, choice. Yeah. And on that kind of thing, you know, that's a big thing that's a disservice to men. That men that do want to be the stay at home dad, other people are going to go, like, oh, well, what's wrong with this? Like, obviously, this loser can't keep a job if he just wants to stay home and play with his kids all day. Like, that's what happens. You get that kind of stuff, too, where it's just, you know, people see anybody who would choose to be a stay at home parent as being a bitch, basically. Well, or it's because women's work is typically degraded and considered right. lesser. So anything that is something women have typically done, one is usually paid less, and two is considered degrading for a man to do. Yeah. Which is why if you're a male nurse, you're going to take heat for that, right? Right. But the the re- whole reason that this topic came up in my class was because we were talking about advertising, and I mentioned, and I had a list of, it talked about identifying target audience, and I had a list of example target audiences, and I had SAHM for stay-at-home moms. And I said, actually, I could should change this to SAHP, stay-at-home parents. Yeah. Because that's becoming more common. And a lot of times you'll see commercials now that are geared toward dads who do laundry and who aren't just instead portrayed as bumbling idiots who are babysitting their own children until mom comes home and takes care of stuff like a boss because dads don't know how to raise children, don't know how to clean, don't know yeah. how to do laundry. And I was talking about, I said, I don't know about you guys, but that annoys me I said I think that's really disrespectful to portray men that way and that's what started the entire conversation right in the class was because of those stereotypes we have 
And that's really what come, what's problematic is these stereotypes and how damaging they can be as a result of that. And so when I first started looking at this, we've had conversations. I think as a society, we understand how women suffer different things as a result of the way we've typically viewed genders, like in terms of a lot of conversations about wage gap, um, although there are a lot of people who claim it doesn't exist at all. It's very complicated. Right. Uh, you have to look at people within the same industries and... And, and what the, you know, yeah, a non-unionized job or industry right. as opposed to another one, like, you know, that stuff right. makes a difference. And it is getting smaller, but there are two women in within the same industries doing this with the same amount of education experience are still tend to get paid less. Right. Um, but... Things, so that we hear about that, we hear about you know domestic violence against women. We hear a lot of things about how women are being victimized because of our patriarchal society, yeah. which is a system that privileges men and masculinity as better than and more respected than women, non-binary people, and femininity. Uh, and there's a lot of focus on the in, the negative impact on women, but there's not a lot about how it impacts men and that's when i really started trying to research specifics that gave us more insight into how men are at a disadvantage men and boys are at a disadvantage of this for the very same reason so it doesn't sound like we're just bashing men and bashing the patriarchy what we're saying is when you have any system where one gender is valued more than another, that yeah. inequality is going to create problems. Yeah. So anytime somebody is considered more important, that is when the people who are considered less important are going to suffer as a result of that. Right. But even the people at the top suffer because the expectations on them can also be damaging. And there are uh, a lot of things that I found in regards to how men are, men suffer as a result of these stereotypes that we've placed on them. Um, Of course, there's the kind of the obvious ones in terms of they're expected to be more assertive. They're expected to express themselves through um, physical force rather than through negotiation. So that, like roughhousing, right? Is like that's just expected for boys, right? And so, yeah, we expect men to fight it out and women yeah. to talk it out. So the thing is, we see how that impacts women a lot because we see women as being victims of domestic violence. But men are actually seventy-eight percent of the victims of criminal violence. So. There And this came up before, too, when we were talking about it. And I said, when I was looking at the statistics, I was really surprised to find out that men are victims of violence more than women are. Right. But they're usually doing it to other... It's it's man-on-man, <laughs> man-on-man violence. <laughs> Whereas when Sorry. women are, are victims of violence or trans people are victims of violence, it, it's usually at the hands of, of a man. Yeah. So they're the ones who are and in both and in both cases you could look at it as a stereotypically aggressive or violent male taking action against someone he deems as lesser yep. and more feminine because it's a you know a gay man that he perceives as 
feminine or weak or woman yep. or a trans person. Yeah, it's, you know, it's still that mentality of I'm better and stronger than you are. And I'm going to assert that dominance. Uh, manhood, uh, dominant, domination, power, and control are often at the expense of someone else. Yep. Um, that is from a really interesting article called Rethinking Manhood. Um, that talks about a lot of these different concepts. That's the one that I pulled from my sample paper, and I found a lot of great quotes in that. Um, so what that means is that if someone's being told that to be a man you have to assert your dominance, that means you're always looking for someone smaller and weaker to assert right. it over, and that can, is often men. Uh, we watched the second It movie last night. Uh, and Spoiler. The night before. No, I'm not <laughs> going to tell anything. But There's a clown. The, and we rewatched the first one the first night one. before, and the scenes that were the hardest for me were the ones when, with the bullying. Yeah. And but that's what happens when you tell people that to be manly or masculine and strong, you've got to show that you're bigger. Yeah. You have that means you've got to put somebody else down. What's disturbing though is that what they call intimate partner violence is a huge part of this as well. So it's not just people going out like a bunch of guys deciding they're going to go out and beat up strangers or a weak kid or a gay man or a trans person. A lot of times it's domestic violence or it's, it's they're someone that they're actually in in a relationship with. And a lot of these women are murdered as a result of that. Um, Male perpetrators, uh, let's see, 93% of victims were murdered by a male that they knew. 38% of murders of women are perpetrated by a male intimate partner. And 54% of trans people have experienced intimate partner violence. Um, There's a lot of great information, in fact, and I'll put my sources up again, but the Human Rights Campaign has a tremendous amount of information on... um, a lot of the issues that face trans people uh, and that's something that as we get further along in the conversation we're going to focus a little bit more specifically on as well but a lot of the reasons people who are trans suffer more violence is because they're not fitting traditional gender norms yeah. and it's especially offensive to someone who's trying to who, who believes in masculine stereotypes yeah. to see someone who's supposed to be masculine, transitioning to feminine, to make that choice to, to become weaker, yeah. right? That's yeah. or incredibly or, offensive. Yeah. Any, and it deserves any to be guy, Yeah, any guy who's sensitive or, you know, yeah, we, you're not upholding the standard that I'm upholding. Right. You're making the rest of us look bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're supposed to be like the rest of us, and instead you're going and you're deciding to be a woman. Yeah. Ugh. The fuck is wrong Who with you? That? <laughs> I have to be honest, like, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago when I was maybe less politically correct or politically, I don't know what the word is. I don't know. Less evolved? That's, yeah. <laughs> less evolved. Cool. Um, I made those jokes. Who would purposely decide to be a woman? Like, this shit sucks. And but I, you also understand that because as, as a woman in society, your life's going to be harder as a result. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, it, it is kind of one of those things. Like, I've always, you know, multiple times I made the joke, like, 
why would you purposely choose to give that privilege up? Like, there's some privilege to being, especially if it's a trans person that is also white. Like, you're choosing to give up your white male privilege to... But then if you recognize it's not a choice... Yeah, I'm going to say it's not a choice. Yeah, you know, it's not a choice. Yeah. But yeah, that's... For a long time, that was my first thought. Like, oh, why would you do that? Your life's going to be so much harder now. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, you know, in retrospect, like, obviously your life was probably pretty difficult before, yeah. not being the person that you want to be. Yeah, looking in the mirror and seeing somebody that doesn't right. match who you believe you are. That's yeah, but again, that's that, that kind of thing that's ingrained in our society and in people. Like, yeah. this thing is an advantage and a benefit, so why would you just not want to... Day. Yeah. Like, why would you give that up? Yeah. Don't give that up. Yeah. Ah. Ah. Trust me, you don't want to give that up. <laughs> yeah. I liked in the the first movie of it going popping back to that one for a minute. You know, you're you you're expected to be masculine. And you have to fit into these archetypes, and one of the ways to do it is to look for the weaker. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, one of the alternate antagonist is a boy who actually, as you find out watching the movie later, is abused and overbear his father is an overbearing and abusive dork and he he's cowers the, in, he's like he, the sheriff he, he cowers in front of him he knows he can't lift a hand against him and so when he goes to school he looks for the short dumpy kid or any kid to beat on and of course he's got his group of friends so now he's got a gang so he's got that 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 wall behind him to make him look stronger and more badass and that gives him that now he's like well here now I'm going to claim my manliness and be assertive because I couldn't be in this other situation. He's, it, right. it, it's like, I need to compensate for it. Right, and that's Since why Since it was so stolen much... from me here, I need to go right. find it somewhere else. And here's an easy target. Yeah. And that's why so much of this kind of stuff is cyclical and does not, you know, it's, it's not... It's contagious. Remember when we were talking about shame? Yeah. Because he's being shamed by his father. Yeah. And so to alleviate that shame, he has to go shame someone else. Yeah. I think it's, I don't remember if we discussed it in one of the podcasts, I feel like we did, the thing like you, where you have women that help sexual assaulters. Right yeah, there. like they'll help traffic. Yeah, or they'll... they help get mm-hmm. new victims and things like that, and they they find that to be semi-common, and they think a lot of it, of what it is, is it's an opportunity for another, a person who was originally, and probably still is, a victim of that person, mm-hmm. to get to take the shame and guilt they have and pass it to another person. If I get you a new victim, not only does it get me a break, but I get to see someone else get broken down by you. Uh, And sometimes you get the only way to lift yourself. They, 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 in those situations, they believe the only way to lift themselves up is to push someone else down. Yeah. We were listening to somebody else's crime podcast and it was talking, these two ladies from England and they were talking about this one case where a woman had been completely subjugated and and yeah, they kept by her in a box under a bed for years. And when she finally had the chance to get out, she was more than happy to turn around and help this guy get new victims. Oh yeah, so the woman who was in the box, she was not the original. So this man was married, no wife, and he'd been abusive to her. She helped him. That's how the girl who got kidnapped was taken in because it was a man and a woman in the car together. So she thought that it would be safe. That was a Law and Order SVU episode. Approximately. So, oh yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if it was know, based most, off that yeah, real life. Yeah, because most of that stuff is based yeah. on something real. And yeah, it's even what, worse. What? Even worse what a better per, like. I don't think you as as a perpetrator could find a better person than 
your own victim or another victim to get you new ones because mm-hmm. they know exactly what to look at. What, oh, yeah. What worked on me? Yeah. And especially then, yeah, you see a woman and women, they're motherly. Women are safe. You would, another woman's almost always well, going to go to another woman. Well, some of the things that are also damaging to men in regards to masculinity not only oh so they they tend to be more violent but they're also more often the victims of that same violent but one thing that hadn't clicked to me which i thought was really interesting and one of the things that i pulled up was it also means that they take they partake in more risky behavior so they get injured more because they're they believe that part of being masculine is you know being brave and taking invincible look at jackass it was an entire show of grown, physically adult I'm going to say, yeah, adult males in the... I mean, they were physically adult. Yeah, they were the, chronological the sense. They were chronologically adult. Yeah. Putting themselves at risk over and over and over again for their own enjoyment. And right. that is... Consi- and, that, and for their own personal enjoyment. And then it turned into an entire TV series and... Three movies? I think so, yeah. yeah. And I mean, so not only did they get an absolute kick out of it, but millions, millions of, of other people did too. I'm yeah. to be honest, I fucking love Jackass. It's hilarious. But yeah, like, who would think of, like, this shit's hilarious. Let's do this. Any of these things could cause... I'd shove a car be, up my ass. Have to, like a <laughs> toy car up my anus. But and then to go to a doctor in Mexico. You understand, I mean, okay, engage in risky behavior, but then again, they're in a group of... And they pull pranks on each other, and they willingly do this and come back and do another movie, right. and then they come back and do that. And it's like, uh, I, yeah, I have no sympathy for them for any of the pain or t- And God forbid they're doing this in their 20s. You know, they're this horrible stuff damage to their bodies. You know, when they turn 50. Oh, yeah, well, they're and, and all in their 40s. They all are. Yeah, yeah they're all pushing 50 now. And, like, you see, like, Johnny Knoxville. I saw something not long ago. He was using a cane. Wow. Like, I mean, it's not. And I don't know that it was a permanent thing. Maybe he just had a recent injury. Well, but, I'm sure they've had. But like, I mean, they've all injuries. had broken yeah. bones. They've all done all kinds of things. Like those are all going to be men that, if they're not in wheelchairs by the time they're fifty, it's probably going to be a goddamn miracle. Well, and it's a good thing that they made all that money with those movies because when he's fifty-five and he can't hold his shit in any longer because of the stunt of shoving the toy car up his ass, I that's mean, not how musculature <laughs> works, Steve. <laughs> if, I don't know. You cause enough damage. I mean, it's, a toy it's, car's not that big. <laughs> to well, speak from experience <laughs> i mean they're not that big just saying in general that's not like you know what let's but move still, on put still, it still it's kind of <laughs> if you use the lubricated condom it's fine <laughs> anyway <laughs> but th- this this trend for like guys to do like stupid tricks yeah. to show off for each other and they push each other to do stupid things i mean i remember my ex-husband telling stories about the stupid shit he and his friends did you know for the sake of and they would up the ante and they would encourage each other and it's those kinds of things that lead to more injury and illness and i mean look at uh, alcohol consumption in particular like it's considered manly to be able to hold a drink right like if you can't Drink a whole lot if you haven't built up, not just with your hands, Steve, but to actually oh. be able to drink a lot. Not 
Waka it's waka. Con- <laughs> it's considered manly to be able to consume a lot of alcohol and not lose consciousness. Yeah. Like, and you should be able to do cake stands and shotgun beers right. all night and be fine. What are you, a loop like? Right. And so, and that, that competition between them to see who can drink more or who can do... Uh, you know the stupider stunt who can yeah. jump from the highest thing uh, hypersexuality is another thing that puts you more at risk unless you're being very careful with yeah, that I'm gonna say- and and alcohol consumption is associated with 10 of the top 12 causes of male death globally jesus right um men are overrepresented in nearly every major category of disease burdens and on average die five and a half years earlier than women because of the social and cultural influences that shape their behaviors and part of this is also driven by the fact and i think this is a standard stereotype which you've talked about in regards to your father the reluctance to seek medical help whether it be for physical ailments or mental health ailments because of course men are told to suck Suck it it up up. right man up I made a joke the other week in front of when I was at my parents and I said something. My dad was talking about a friend or someone that, you know, really didn't go to the doctor or anything. And I made some comment about, you know, like, that sounds super typical, people not going to the doctor. And my dad goes, man, what a dumbass. Who would do that? And I'm sitting there just oh, glaring at him. And I'm like, I get it. It's funny because you did that same thing. Ah. And you almost died. It was hilarious. Right. And, you know, and I've also noticed that, though, that a lot of guys have that thing. But they don't do that because they have to face the mortality. And men seem much more, I don't, in my, this is my opinion, men seem much more bothered by the concept of their own mortality than women do. And I don't... Or maybe they feel like it's inevitable, so they don't want to face it, where women more think like, no, maybe I can stave it off if I, if I go to the doctor. Well, and I always wonder too, and this is... Again, this is stereotypical. So much of the thing, but like, especially women that have had children, like that. I feel like that's one of those things that maybe it occurs to women because, oh, what happens to my kids if I'm gone? Yeah. Because it is always the standard. Mom takes care of the kids. So even women that are married and have husbands, they think to themselves, well, what happens to my yeah. children if I die? But I like, think, well, what about their death? I think, but I think men think that too. I think for men, it's. Who's going to support my family? I think for them, it's not who's going to nurture my children. It's going to be who's going to pay the fucking bills and keep a roof over my family's head, which is, I think, why you get family annihilators. Yeah. Because they... I can't provide anymore, and it would be better for everyone to be dead than for me to be unable to provide. Exactly. Or I've lost my status, and I've lost my ability to care for everybody, so we're just going to wipe everybody out. Yeah. Which we've also mentioned family and editors before. That's and that's a that's one I don't quite get, but I mean I guess if that's your Yeah, I'm gonna say your if you, view, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna say if your brain works that way, then I don't know that that's a thing. Yeah. And but according to the C D C males die by suicide nearly four times the rate of females and represent seventy seven point nine percent of all suicides. So if people listen to this think that we're bashing men and that this is just a couple of feminists who are talking about why men are terrible no, what we're saying is that the expectations placed on men because of traditional gender stereotypes are killing men and it's harmful to them and we need to change them so that uh, our boys aren't killing themselves and aren't partaking in things that are harmful to them and that they'll actually go to the doctor. Like Steve has this thing on his arm <laughs> that he, he now... Not laughing at Steve. But. But, but before I get... He has gone to the doctor for finally. Good but... Boy. He, it was this thing, see, the thing is, I, I had a little tiny, like, 
scabby, like a spot underneath my eye that would scab up and go away, scab up and go away. Had it for years. Finally went to the doctor, had it checked out. I don't lay out. I don't spend a lot of time in the sun. I always wear sunscreen. I wear, I wear moisturizer, sunscreen. It was cancer on my face. And so after that, I'm like, wow, that's kind of scary. Yeah. Steve has been a sun baby. Like he used to lie out on the tarmac with no sunscreen on. And he has this spot on his arm that will scab up. Like every once in a while, it'll just start to scab up and then it'll heal and then it'll scab. And I'm like, that's classic like that cancer. Seems, yeah, that, that seems very similar. Please have that. Yeah. Have that. So finally he had to go to the doctor for something else. I said, will you please ask about your arm just to make me happy yeah. for my peace of mind. Fortunately, it's nothing. It's not cancer. He's fine. <laughs> His skin's fine. I'm not, I have to get and checks, the, but... And the, and the spot under my eye that, that feels a little patchy or feels different. Oh, she was sweet enough to tell me, oh, yeah, that, that's that's called an H, H spot. Or we call them sailor marks. <laughs> sailor marks? <laughs> Did you marks? say they call them barnacles? Or barnacles, yeah. You're <laughs> my, in the Navy. We my call mother call, My mom calls yeah. little bumps that she gets barnacles. Uh, and I'm like, what a like, I, term, mother. I don't know that that's really what I wanted to hear it called, but, but, but better but barnacle. I would rather hear barnacle than cancer, probably. Than an right. H spot uh, yeah. or a liver spot or something. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. nice. But you're pretty good about going to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And he, Which, and like we just said, a lot of men aren't. I know a guy that years that I'm friends with online years ago said something about not going to the doctors or something. And I was, and this was not long after my father had had the heart attack. And I was like, please, for the sake of your small children, yeah, go to the goddamn doctor. It was like once a year. And he was like, nah, I don't do that unless I have to. Ugh. Well, apparently he's one of these people, he has to get a work physical like once a year because okay. he drives. So somebody checks his blood pressure once a year kind of thing. And I'm like, hell, that's, that's fucking better than nothing. <laughs> well, then again, for me, I mean, 21 years in, in the military. And that you know, makes, I'm, I'm, yeah. I was used to going and getting a flight physical every year. And God forbid you did more than 120 flight hours in a week. You had to go see the the more than 120 hour flight hours in a month. So you were forced you had to, go to see have the regular doc- care. See the doctor again. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, there were no options. Yeah. And there's so much of that, you know, that's the whole thing like men go to the doctor when they're kids because their mom makes their doctor's yeah. appointments and then they become adults on their own and they're like that's not a thing that they've ever thought to do. So it doesn't occur to them to do it. And that's where the thing about you that's know, probably why a men lot of guys don't get, think to do their laundry is because their mom's been doing it for them. The well, whole and time. that's where the thing about you know married men live longer than non-married men, and the general stereo, like the general theory there, and I think they've even bore this out in studies, is because they have someone that encourages to help take care yeah. of themselves. Like you, you say, encourage. They, the cliche is that we nag, but in truth, that nagging. Yeah. Helps keeps these yeah. fuckers alive longer. Yeah. Point. Oh, I resent yeah. the fact that you're pointing yeah. at me Point. as you say that. Please, please go to the doctor and have that looked at. Like, a guy who lived on his own would be like, ah, whatever, and would scratch it off and go about his yeah. business. <laughs> like, whereas, you know, yeah, you have a spouse and they're like, hey. I love you. I you like you and I'd like you to be here for a little yeah. while longer. So, go to the doctor. And I, I would be willing to bet that the reason that women go more frequently it could be in part because of birth control. We have to. Yep. Like, you, if you want to take oral birth control, you've got to be seen on a regular basis before they'll give you any kind of refill. Yeah. Um, and also, we hear so much about, like, regular care for, like, pap smears and mammograms. Yeah. Like, even though there's stuff men are supposed to be doing, too, like, there's been such a, an emphasis on it in terms yeah. of women because we hear so much about breast cancer. We hear so much about cervical cancer. Yeah. But more men... 
I don't have a statistic in front of me, but men die from prostate cancer more than women die from breast cancer. Yeah. But we don't have a prostate cancer awareness month. We have a breast cancer awareness month. Yeah. And so that that even that those kinds of gender differences yeah. are damaging to men. There needs to be more attention paid to that kind of thing. Yeah. As well. Uh, and again, you know, men for whatever reason need to feel like it's not a weakness to go to the doctor. Yeah, that should not. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're a sissy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I have to go to the doctor and make sure I'm going to keep living quality years. Like, yeah. What part of that sounds like? Ugh, no. Yeah, I get not. I'd wanting, rather just suffer in silence. I get not wanting to. What? That's manly, right? Right. <laughs> suffer in silence. Stoicism. Yeah. You yeah. Heard her. I'm fine. It's just a flesh wound. There was uh, my ex-husband's sister's husband, so my ex-brother-in-law, <laughs> his father was, I think, only in his 50s when he was diagnosed with, I think it was liver cancer, and he had waited so long to go to the doctor that by the time he was sick enough to finally go and get diagnosed, it was stage four, and he died within months. Now, I don't remember enough about the situation to know if it was something that could have been treated had it been caught earlier. Because some types of cancer are so aggressive that... That it, there is no catching it early right. kind of thing, yeah. But I, if I recall correctly, there was conversation about him just not wanting to go to the doctor and putting it off and putting yeah. it off. And by the time he did, it was too late. And you hear those stories a lot. And it's really scary that... People are, that men in yeah. particular, are dying earlier because of, of the reluctance to seek medical care. My grandfather even made a comment one time, like, my dad's side of the family, everybody gets diabetes. Like, literally, if you were born on that side of the family in the last, my dad traced it back, like, 130 years, you get diabetes. Like, it's a fucking fact. What a wonderful thing to inherit. I know. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> but my granddad even said something one time about how he, he knew approximately when he had probably developed diabetes but it was never diagnosed by a doctor until like 10 15 20 years later because he didn't go to doctors but he had such a family history of it and had been around so many family members that had had it that he recognized the symptoms and he tweaked his diet as best he could to help account for what he knew was a very obvious sign that he was developing this medical condition. So he is able to somewhat control it through diet. So he was able to control it as best he could for a period of time before finally other little things started creeping in and he finally had to see an actual doctor who went, hey, by the way, you've probably been diabetic for a while. And basically my granddad was like sitting there knowing to himself like, yeah, I know. And was like, <laughs> like he knew, okay. like it was pretty much inevitable. <laughs> But that's how he addressed it instead of actually saying, you know, like, hey, I'm hitting this age that just about all the men in my family hit and they've developed diabetes yeah. about then or soon after. And he just went with, well, I know this is probably a thing I've got now and I'll just try to be a little bit more careful about my diet. Like, I'm, I'm impressed that he at least was proactive enough to or reactive enough to... Yeah. Try to accommodate his yeah. diet or or treat the illness through diet. So, yeah. I mean, that, instead of just going, oh, well, fuck it. and continue Which is what my dad did. Said. So, yeah. <laughs> How is he not dead yet? <laughs> Stubbornness. Assholes live forever. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Right. And, yes, the stubbornness. 
factors in it. That's the end of part one on our discussion on gender. In two weeks, we'll continue the discussion, so come back then and listen. Thanks. Bye. We are not scientists, medical professionals, or mental health experts. We are simply two people interested in discussing a topic that affects everyone, either directly or indirectly. We are not expressing expert opinions, and anything we say should not replace medical advice or treatment. If you're struggling with depression or anxiety, especially if you are thinking of harming yourself or someone else, please seek the help of a mental health or medical professional. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. You can also chat with them online. Take care. My Asshole Brain was written and hosted by Amanda Green and Stephanie Coons. Artwork by Doug Tolls, produced by Stephen Beasley, and presented by Greasley Enterprises. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.